Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name is Richie Richie of the MHRT Network. Uh, there has been a change to the network for those of you who have not seen. Uh, we are now an official YouTube partner. Uh, so if you are over watching us on the MHRT Network, uh, you can go ahead and uh, leave us a super like we get on uh, Captain Jack's channel from time to time. And we will go ahead and read those comments and or questions uh, live on air as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, over to my... Uh, left right depending on which way you're facing your screen uh is coach defense of the locked down defense podcast uh i mean obviously tuesday show is the staple there on the network i unfortunately left a comment early and was not able to make it later live uh yeah kurt missed you i i I prefaced him i prepped him to let him know that you're going to come through the show and, you, and we missed you. We missed yeah, you. Yeah, unfortunately, I had a personal issue that cropped up that forced me to uh, step out. Uh, but uh, I, I, I do intend to make it as, as often as I can over there. I love that Tuesday show. Coach Kurt, Coach Kurt and I, uh, we, we get into it from time to time. It's wonderful. Uh, uh, and uh, down uh, directly below here is uh, Tom Jones, otherwise known as T3. Uh, he is... Uh, uh, Raiders guru, uh, back history. Uh, frankly, not unusual to have Tom on any show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the, the gentleman singing the show tunes in the uh, bottom right corner, uh, down that away, is uh, the one and only, the salty pirate himself. Uh, the Carlton, Jackson. baby. Yeah. Uh, doing the Carlton, which is. Uh, and I can actually get up because I do have my emergency shorts on. So I, you, okay. it's not just underwear. So I, I do have my I do have my emergency shorts right here on my soundboard. So whenever I just walk in with underwear, I do make sure that I put the shorts on. So I, uh, can you see them? I don't know. Can you see them? Yeah. Can I finish? Can I, I can't finish. No, wait a what second. You, you there, for? there you go. It's not just it's not just underwear. It's thunderwear. <laughs> Jesus. So. Uh, anyways, that's Captain Jack of the Captain Jack Rackham uh, podcast. You can go ahead and find him on uh, pretty much any major podcast and uh, you know platform, including YouTube. And uh, Tom, uh, if you would like people to reach out to you on Twitter, you okay if I share that out to folks, or would you like that uh, kept to yourself? Oh, no, you can you can share that. Yeah. Uh, so just Absolutely. Tom has joined us several shows now, uh, giving us some fantastic Raider insight. Uh, as well as just NFL insight in general. 
Uh, you can go ahead and find Tom at uh, T3_Sports703 uh, at Twitter. Uh, Tom, when you when you come into the show next uh, via uh, the the link there, you can add your Twitter as a as a secondary piece, so you can kind of have can, a. You can do it now. You can do it now. Is it so, a little three three prong and then do edit name? Yeah, edit your name and add that in. Gotcha. And was and that a left-handed slight? Oh, wait, for great Raider insight, Tom Jones gives it. I'm like, you know what? Right there. Man, everything is taken so personally. It really is. It's 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 like a positive comment towards someone else does not mean a negative comment towards you. Where's my friggin' grandma? Yeah, there it is. I'm I'm drinking early because of that friggin' comment, and I haven't sworn yet. I only said friggin'. And, and, and coach, uh, I I did use uh, the Queen's Old English there in honor of your show tunes because it was often used in many of those Shakespearean, you know, and uh, other musical plays where they used language just like that. So that was intentional. But anyways, I digress from the real reason why we are all here, and that is to talk about football. So uh, today's show is going to be great. We're going to go over... Uh, rankings of coaches. This was a fan request on uh, our last two shows. It was actually requested on both shows where we had fans request us to rank the coaches on our teams. You made the request and we listened. So we have gone ahead and made that a show topic for today for you. We're going to break down the various positional coaches, uh, including strength and conditioning, because uh, every show needs to find some way to, to rise on the Chargers. And uh, that's going to be our way of doing so on this show. It's going to be me! I'm going to do it! I'm going to do it! Coach, just, Coach is giving you his... Uh... Whoop-dee-doo, Basil! So, anyways, that is uh, that is the thing. Uh, we will start off with uh, the offensive side of the ball. And, uh, Coach, we're going to throw over to you for your rankings for the AFC West for the offensive coordinator positions. Offensive coordinator? I'm starting there. Okay. Well, I'm going to put it, put it to you like this. If your name is Lombardi, you're not high on the list. <laughs> Off rip. If your name is Lombardi, you're not on, the, not on the high on the list. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. If it's Lombardi, you, you, you're, you're on the bottom of the total pole. Let's start there. But, um, but yeah, for us as a coordinator, I mean, it, it, it's tough in this situation because, you know, I could be like, I could just be the homie and say, you know, I think Kellen Moore is better because we don't, we think Matt Nagy sucks as a coach. We, I could just say that, just be, and just be, you know, be, just be hateful. But um, you have to play into the idea that that the Chiefs, you know, Alpha is going to run through Andy, especially with Eric Bienemy not being there anymore. If Eric Bienemy wasn't there, was still there, I'd be like, okay, Eric Bienemy is clearly number one. But I have to still put Magnaggy at one technically because he's all he's doing is filtering stuff that Reed's giving him, in my opinion. So I have to put Magnaggy at one, close, close to one, and then uh, then I put Kellen Moore at two, and uh, just by pure, I don't, I don't uh, appreciate this guy. I'm going to put uh, Joe Lombardi at the bottom and put Mick Lombardi in in three. <laughs> those are my those are my top four offensive coordinators: Matt Nagy, Kellen Moore, Mick Lombardi, and Joe Lombardi. In in that order, you know, cut, you know, come at me, fight me, do what you ever want to do, because I'm not changing it. That's where it is. That's where it is. But yeah, I think that I think that's a fair order because again, what what the the Chiefs office does, you know, with with uh, Andy's uh, pure genius as a as an officer play caller, definitely says that he has to be number one. Whoever his pseudo play caller is in in, in Matt Nagy's perspective, 
then definitely give it to him. And then Keller Moore, then Mick Lombardi and Joe Lombardi. What I got? Oh, Vince Lombardi. Unless he comes from the grave, I mean, he uh, he'll get a higher ranking than his than his than his relatives because these other two jokers, I can't I can't really give any credit to those jokers. I can't do it. He might do yeah, a better true. job dead than the other guys alive. Yeah, he might he, he might call better plays from the grave from post mm-hmm. from post mortis <laughs> than uh, they those two jokers do at this moment. But we'll see, we will see. Now you know you have to be honest and say that Joe Lombardi might look better because Sean Payton's going to be the one pseudo feeding the information. Because uh, of you know what he is as a play caller as well, um, you know if if he just didn't have OC at all and Sean Payton was an actual play caller, he was both roles, and Sean Payton would be above Kellen Moore. But se- technically, technically Kellen Moore, you know, is a odds-on play caller, and Sean is going to give Joe the air quote reins to call plays. Then I got to put him there. Thoughts, comments, concerns. Uh, I I agree. Um, it's pretty cut uh, drive, you know. It's not, yeah, you know, I agree. It's not, uh, my, it's not sexy; it's just it's just it's just accurate. Yeah, I, I and and I think it. I think that um, before we get going, and I throw over to, to Tom and and Captain, um, I think it's important that we preface early on in our rankings here collectively as a group and for the fans joining us, so that we're kind of all on the same page, so we're not like talking over each other as we're kind of giving our rankings, which is. If your head coach is the the that side of the ball, like so, for example, a defensive guy, or if your offensive, if your coach is an offensive guy, uh, we really ought to be ranking the coordinators themselves, removing the head coach from the circumstance because the head coaches are in fact separate and above from the actual coordinator role and so with that in mind i think now that we're all you know level playing field i did that yes i did that yeah just just like you have the little stickers on the gas on the gas pumps it said joe biden says i did i did that yeah exactly so i i think this is important that we're all talking the same language and i think that there's far too many arguments that take place because people aren't willing to clarify the premise of what they're saying first before they actually talk and they're all, they eventually find out that they're all talking about the same thing, but that they just argued for the last 20 minutes. So anyway, I, I guess you could put a caveat on that too, as well. Is that if a certain guys that are, there were in that role or are in that role now have a standalone tape in a sense of standalone experience without the guru above them, i.e. Matt Nagy, i.e. Joe Lombardi, they've been coaches or OCs without, the guru, Andy Reid or Sean Payton. So you kind of get an idea of what they're like without them and what they're like with them. So I kind of, you kind of gauge it from that perspective as well to say that I know what Joe Lombardi looks like without, without Sean Payton. I know what he looks like. You know, I know what Mick Lombardi might look like without, you know, uh, Josh McDaniel, hypothetically, something like that. You can also add that to the argument as well. If you, if you so inclined, but uh, Actually, again, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, coach. No, nah, because that's why I put uh, Joe Lombardi at the bottom because I know what he looks like without without Sean Payton. So he, you know, we he was with us last year, so I know, know exactly what you're getting. You know, all core routes. That's it. All core routes and, all day. And actually, you know, having said that, um, oh, I'm I'm sorry, Chief. Go ahead. I got all. Don't no, want to no, lose no, my no, thought, no, though. No, no. Go ahead. Go 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 with it. I yield my time to you. Okay. Well, and having said that, I actually originally had. Nagy one and Kellen Moore two. Uh-huh. 
But having to think about that, I'm going to flip-flop that. I'm going to go Kellen Moore. One, based upon, you know, I, I like what he does by himself as an offensive coordinator, whereas Nagy showed enough using the offense that was fed through him by Fat Boy, and he got that, that job in um, – in Chicago, which didn't pan out very well, it did but not. he does have the, but he does have that offense clicking. But having said that, I'm going to rescind. I'm going to say Kellen Moore, number one, OC Matt Nagy, number two. And this is where I'm going to blow your mind. I had Lombardi and Lombardi tied at three because they're both not the greatest. And, and I, you know, and, and I was, I was as a, as a detriment or a deferment, I wasn't even going to bag on your Lombardi so bad. I had them both tied for third. So it was in deference to you, Coach, because I bag on you and your, your team all the time. I said, okay, we'll just say they both suck equally. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus that's fair <laughs> no argument. Yeah. i mean I, what, I, i'm not gonna argue with it yeah listen i understand <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with jack to a degree if that makes any sense um i had uh, Kellen Moore, number one, and Matt Nagy, number two. I had that out of the gate, and here's the reason why. I think with with uh, with Kellen Moore being the offensive guy, and 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 let's let's be honest, Staley's a def- defensive guy. He's a defensive yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. So I think that Kellen Moore is going to get more free reign to to monitor and do his thing with that offense and will be more truly his he'll have more of an imprint on it and i think that inf- that offense will do well so so kellen kellen moore i think is number one on the list now matt Nagy, uh for the same reasons that jack had mentioned i think a lot of that offense runs through andy reed you know if it ain't broke don't fix it so matt Nagy doesn't have to do a whole lot differently other than putting the ball into the hands of uh, Mahomes and letting the playmakers do do what they do. So I don't think that Matt Nagy really is going to have to do a whole lot uh, other than just to maintain uh, status quo, which uh, I think we all agreed on the last show that the, the, the Chiefs, I mean, they're they're at the top. They're, they're, they're the reigning champion, and, and they will be until somebody knocks them off. So if they uh, continue to do what they do, I think that uh, you know Matt Nagy can be comfortable in that position. Now, I had Joe Lombardi at number three, and and here's my reasoning on this. Joe Lombardi will do his job, good, bad, or otherwise. Joe Lombardi will do his job. What in the hell does Mick Lombardi do for the Raiders? 
other than get a paycheck and dress up in Raiders gear and stand on the sideline? My answer to that question is not a whole lot. So based on that, I had Mick Lombardi at number four simply because I don't think he does anything. You know what bothers me about Joe though, and because I'm I'm going to give I'm going to give Eric, Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy credit, and it's interesting when you are under a, a dynamic play caller, and you go somewhere else and 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 have a job in a different organization, you typically you know blend that whatever you learn under that person, and it goes along with you, and you have success based upon what they what you learn from that coaching play calling play calling guru, but that didn't it didn't seem like it, it blended with Joe Lombardi and, and Sean Payton. Because the offense of what, what they were doing in New, in New Orleans, and then when he come, you thought that he would replicate that in Detroit and in LA, and he didn't. So I, that that to me gives you know it gives a, it's a knock for me in his situation because he just it just didn't translate well over over to his secondary jobs like it did for Nagy and Bienemy potentially. So I, I I think that that's that's an interesting thing. That that's going to happen. I mean, he's up back under Sean now, so it might not matter. But I think that it's interesting that him by himself, after being under that person for a stint, you know, it's like being under being under Fangio. Fangio's disciples typically do well by themselves, as an example. Right. You know, right. but for some reason, Joe doesn't do well by himself. When he's tied, when he's tied with a guy, he does pretty well. You know, I'm, I'll be even interested to just kind of get kind of jump off topic to give it another example. I'm very interested to see what. Um, the, uh, your boy from the Jets does this year. What's his name? I lost his name this month. He was there at the Raiders last year uh, from Green Bay. He was under the floor. Now he he was in he was in Denver for a while. That 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 was a S show. And then now he's gonna be with the Jets. So will he Hackett. be good? Hackett. That's it. That's him. Yeah, will Hackett be good in in New York? It would determine whether or not he learned anything and can you know I guess you can say by osmosis. You know, allow himself to be a good play caller in New York with the with the roster he has. But yeah, it's just weird for me. For but with Joe, I just don't understand how you are be on a, a extremely good play caller for all that time and don't it doesn't translate when it comes down to you being by yourself. Just weird to me. See, and here's the thing: if Russell Wilson comes back and has a stellar year, you know, both both Peyton and uh, Lombardi are going to look like geniuses. They but, are. But, but if he has a horrible year everybody's going to get thrown under the bus. I was going to say, who do you blame in that situation? Because, you know. Everybody. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Nate, not Paul Hackett. Yeah, yeah. Nate, Nate, Nate Hackett. Paul Hackett. <clears throat> yeah, but that's interesting. I, I'm going to see how that, how that flows, but I'm just curious about how that's going to shake out, in my opinion. Yeah. No, so my ranking on the offensive coordinators is – I have Nagy as one. I have Moore as two. I have uh, Joe Lombardi as three, and uh, Mick Lombardi as as four. Um, I think that uh, Joe. In fairness, I, I think that um, Kellen Moore had the offense clicking there for a long time or for a while there in Dallas, but then kind of really failed. He, he he wasn't able to bring the team over the finish line, wasn't able to do some of the things he needed to there. So you need to see that consistency. You need to see, you need to be able to see that kind of right through the entirety of a season so that he can hold on and adapt when it's needed most. 
I also think that as much as you'd like to slam Joe Lombardi, and trust me, there's much to there's be just desired. cause. There's yeah. just cause. Yeah, there's, there's much to be desired. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it um, right here. Right here. But, uh, ultimately, <laughs> Joe Lombardi did have a fairly consistent offense that produced reasonably in terms of points. Now the question is going to be now that he moves teams, can he transition that offense under a Sean Payton tutelage to then do well and continue to produce? Or are you now going to see Kellen Moore come over and fizzle out or, and or not produce the same to the same level as Joe Lombardi did at which point, uh, coach, I may dread Wednesdays because, I mean, you'll be halfway into a bottle before the show, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That that's the question that, that that people are asking because they're saying that. Uh, I guess depending on what side of the fence you are when it comes to Kellen Moore, a lot of people are saying that Dak was the reason why you know the offense kind of sputtered, you know, and they were also arguing about the fact that him and um, McCarthy had philosophical differences amongst them, yep. each other so that was stymieing offense as well so run be interesting throw, to... that kind of stuff yeah correct so yep. with mccarthy calling the plays now this year by himself and, and Kellen moore doing the same in his job it'd be interesting to see who offense does better you know honestly and that kind of proves the point uh in their situation who was right and who was wrong because if Kellen moore he clearly has a better quarterback now than he did in dallas yeah and and so that won't be an issue. So with the better quarterback and you can do exactly what you want to do and you wouldn't have the answer to anybody per se when it comes to play calling because Staley's not going to get in the way to Tom's point because he's a defensive guy. He's, you know, he's pretty much, you know, got the free reign there. It's pretty, I think that's probably what's most intriguing about the job because he knew that Staley wasn't going to intervene. You know, you get underneath another offensive guy, say hypothetically he was Sean Payton. He knew that he was going to have to capitulate to Sean Payton in certain regards and from kind of play calling. So he just want to, you know, open up his, you know, his playbook and let it let it fly. And I'm here for that, it. That that Charger offense is ready to take the next step too. It is. Um, I, I really I really feel like they are, and 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 I think that there, it, a lot of teams are going to have a hard time keeping up with them offensively. I mean, between the weapons, the quarterback, the improving O line, I think we we're probably ready. We just got to stay healthy. Yeah. So I guess the the big question here, Coach, is. Can you at least agree that if Moore does not do as well or better than Lombardi did last season, that Kellen Moore is going to probably struggle to be much better than a you know a subservient offensive coordinator at best in the league well, going forward? That's a that's an unfair question because he has Sean Payton overseeing. You know. Mm-hmm. You're no, talking, no. talking, talking about Joe or Mitch? No, no, no. I, I am not comparing how they're going to do this season. Oh, oh, you mean from the production no, standpoint? Like, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, in isolation, looking okay. exclusively at the Chargers. Uh, twenty-two Chargers versus twenty-two Chargers versus twenty-two right. Chargers. Got I got you. I got Bang. you. Bang. Yeah. You. Okay. Yeah. 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 If the offense isn't better, I agree. That you know, if it has to be, it's supposed to be better. It has to be better. Hence, why you made the change. You needed to, you know, increase offense, like Tom said. That, that we need to take the next step. So Kellen Moore's got to be the answer to that. If he's not the answer to that, then it might have been a mistake. It just depends. Bo Bros in the building. What's happening? Bo Bros. So no, so we're we're pretty much largely in agreement. Um, I think there's some varying degrees of um, 
dislike of the Lombardi coaches. It just it, of, it boils down to how bad what Lombardi you hate more. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. <laughs> what Lombardi you hate more with his term of who's three and four. And I would have put caveat caps yeah. list. I think we both put Lombardi at four. We tie him at four. We leave three vacant. <laughs> no, 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 no. I gave him the I gave him the bump to three three T. Three tied. They're still on they're still on the po no, they're still on the podium. Uh, they got the bronze, but you got to cut the bronze in half. And I just right, and I okay. put Nick Lombardi last because he doesn't do anything. Uh, well, we'll see. My 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 kicker here is is in my opinion, Kellen Moore kind of did really well right out the gate and then kind of completely petered off as the season went on and, and ultimately didn't do particularly well. And when I look at where Joe Lombardi or what he did rather with the Chargers, um, I, I actually think that he put forward a, a reasonable offense uh especially given that he had a tremendous number of injuries last season as well which has to be i'm sorry you have to factor that in and uh and so i'm not willing to rank or or downgrade joe lombardi as aggressively as as you are a coach in particular uh because when you lose uh three or four starting offensive linemen uh when you lose uh what i think at one point you were down all three starting wide receivers and and i think your fourth at one point uh or at the very least you went all three starters and then your fourth was your number one and then your fifth was injured or something like that it was it was really insane just the the depth of injuries that you guys had in varying degrees last season and yet you still put up pretty decent points you still put up and we're quite competitive given the injury circumstance. And so there has to be some credit given to the guy calling the plays. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that you also can factor in how much is that uh, Justin Herbert overcoming the adversity? You know, because we all, can, everybody on Chargers Twitter can tell you that, you know, we can we can just, we can have a multitude of clips and plays where the, the, the routes stop at seven yards. And that's everybody. You know, on multiple occasions, like he just refused to push the ball down the field. And when and when you got a guy with an arm like Justin Herbert's, you know, you have to do something nuanced and something diverse and something different. You can't be, you know, extra predictable. Hence why you you get stymied in, in mid to late season because everybody knows the score. You know, the defensive coordinators get paid, too. They watch film, too. So if they know that you're going to honestly not run any route past seven yards. And I mean, it's easy, easy day for me for you from a defensive perspective. You know, I'll just sit in cover two and and and, and dare you, dare you to do anything different. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, that kind of thing. So it just it just depends. I mean, again, it's, it's you know, you could, we could say that, you know, the apples to orange comparison. Because you look at it like this. I mean, like I said, I go back to Joel Lombardi's argument about him being in Detroit before he came to L.A. You know, Detroit's offense was 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 a rough was a rough watch, you know, as well. So he has two different job stints where he has not been stellar. But when he's under Sean Payton, it's it's a, it's a top five offense in certain cases. So you know, you just have to look at it from that perspective. I think that um, I mean, you know, I'm very excited about Kellen Moore's opportunity he's going to get. I think he's trying to prove to people that he can do it without any uh, hand holding. You know, because I think he's trying to line himself up before be a head coach at some point. So Kellen I think he's going to do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think he's going to put his best foot forward, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I think that's absolutely Kellen Moore's play here is that he wants to be he, you. He's going there so that he can be the reason. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I think that's a fair comment to make, and I, and I, I agree with that one hundred percent. So with that in mind, guys, uh, that covers the offensive uh, side for all of us. I think we're all pretty fair in terms of how we broke things down uh you know we can discuss back and forth on 1a 1b or 1 versus 2 I, and then i think again you then get into which lombardi you think is at the bottom and which one you think is you know slightly above that um and and it, those are all those are all fair uh so going on to the complete opposite side of the ball uh on the defense side uh we're going to go ahead and throw over to uh to tom first and give us his rankings uh, for the uh, defensive coordinators uh, for the AFC West. You're on mute. You're muted, yeah. Thing, depending on what you're saying. Yeah. But we can't just, understand the words that are coming out of your I, mouth. I got you. Since I didn't get any show note preps, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sponge off of yours, uh, Jack, and let you go first, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna dovetail off yours. Okay. So I'm gonna have you go first. Well, thank you and F you because you know that I lost my notes. Okay, so I got it. Let me let me remember who the guys are. We got Spags. Yep. We got we got Graham. Yep. We got uh, uh, Joseph on uh, the Broncos uh, side. Yeah, Van Joseph. Oh, there you go. Okay, Van Joseph, and then we got Ainsley. Correct. Yep, Derek. See. And this is gonna. This is gonna. You're, I'm gonna. I'm gonna trip your trigger on this one. Number one is Spagnola. No problem at all. Really, Spags. And I'll, I'll tell you why. First off, he's a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator twice. He ah. We're talking coaches. Coaches. Capability of the coaches. Can I ask a question to, to, to that? Does a Super Bowl, you being on the staff as a defensive coordinator, winning the Super Bowl, make you a good coach? Does that make you a good coach? He's he's a multiple Super Bowl winning coach <laughs> with the Chiefs, as well as I guess you forgot when he won Super Bowls for the Giants. True. Okay. So I think he's got four, as a matter of fact. Does he? Yeah, because I think he I has two. He's got two with the Chiefs, and he I think he has another two with the Giants. You're going to tell me that there's a better defensive coordinator in a division with four Super Bowl rings for the defenses? I'm sorry. Spags, number one. 
Number two, coaching ability. Not the team. Coaching ability is Ainsley with the Chargers. Wow. I didn't expect you to say that either. Well, again, it's, because I can respect. Yeah, a three-time uh, Super Bowl winning champion, just to, just to give you a, uh, you know. A bit a stat. Spag is three times. Three times. Okay. Well, then I missed one with. with then he only had one with the Giants. One with the Giants. I know he beat the. I know he beat the Pats when they were undefeated. And he did. There you go. Ainsley is my number two defensive coordinator in this in this league and I'll t- in this division. I'll tell you why. I was upset when he w- when he left the Raiders to go to Alabama because of the credentials that he had. I hold this guy in very, very high esteem. Very high esteem. I think that he is much better, much better than 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 Joseph, who's number four, by the way, just wow. on just on sure capabilities of what he showed me as a defensive coordinator. Now I will I will give this. Who's got Joe Vitt? As the assistant, is it, is it the Chiefs or the Broncos? Yeah, me on that one. Joe, Joe Vitt is is an excellent defensive guy, and and he's going to help out, kind of like Rob Ryan is that the, that senior defensive assistant. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. the team that has Joe Vitt is going to rely, and I think it's the Broncos, as a matter of fact, because that's why Joe Vitt. That's the Broncos. Yeah, that's the Broncos. Yeah. Joe Vitt is going to help Joseph a lot. So Joseph might not suck as much, okay? <laughs> because Dan Joseph sucks. He sucks so bad. How bad is you know? This is like an old Johnny Carson man. You know that he, he's awful. Now it, it's unfortunate yeah. because he, he actually he went to the Cardinals and sucked, and he lost his head coaching spot, which was unfortunate. But Vancho is not not a really really good coach. But thank God he's got Joe Vitt with him. Vitt came over from the Saints in a package deal, which will help him out quite a bit. Remember, and I, and I, in no uncertain order, like I said, you got Spags number one, you got Ainsley number two, you got Joseph number four. So unless you can't figure out numbers, Graham is number three. But he's he's actually he's he's not quite. I, I think he's kind of like two A. Because I like what Graham can do with the defense when he has the the horses. Players, when he has the horses, I will I will like what Graham will do. Okay, but I'm gonna give it to Ainsley as my number two defensive coordinator in this division. So I know that totally blew your mind, Coach. But I give Ainsley a lot of credit. The problem will be, and we'll talk about this later when we talk about strength and conditioning. The problem will be who the F is on the field for him. And therein lies, that's a segue, guys. That's a tease. That's a tease. But again, Spags one, Ainsley two, Graham technically three, but like two A. And then you got Joseph. But Joseph's going to get a lot of help from Joe Vitt, so he might not suck his back. And I'll just piggyback off what you said. Uh, Spagnol is the best of the four coaches. If we're talking about just coaches, uh, and I think the 
the for Kansas City, I think the whole key this year is going to be the scheme that they run and how they uh, defense some of the faster teams uh, that are going to be cutting through the middle of the zone. So uh, it, it's the pressure they can bring, and it's 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 the the schemes that they run in the middle to the back end that will really determine his overall success. Now, uh, Jack, like you, I I put Ainsley as number two, and and I think his I think his whole success is really going to be dependent upon keeping a healthy defense. And I think we we didn't really see the best that we could from him. Uh, and I, I think that we we will if 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 that defense uh, is healthy. If the defense is healthy, I think that that you will see <coughs> the best of Ainsley as a coach. Now, by the same token, I think Patrick Graham is is a better coach than he gets credit for. He just didn't have a lot of talent last year. Yep. So whereas whereas I think Ainsley will do a better job if his players stay healthy, you know, Graham will do a better job if he just has freaking players on the field. I mean, I mean, the the Raiders a lot of times I'd go through the lineup and say, Now who's this guy? Where's Scott from? <laughs> okay, we're we, we we dragged a guy off the street from downtown Oakland or or you know, or backwoods uh, over the hills from Vegas. I don't know. Some, some of those guys obviously uh, are, are not going to make the team. Well, the guys from uh, Oakland are packing. It's like the guy in, in last Boy Scouts. You got to watch them. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you, you know, you know, Tyler Hall came out of nowhere and, and, and you got to credit the scouting staff with that of, of, of again, finding somebody with talent, but again, Tyler Hall's not making a lot of other rosters. So I think the Raiders kind of got by with who they had left. Uh, and, and by that virtue, I think if, if we can get more players on the field, I think Patrick Graham will end up proving to be a better coach than he's been giving credit so far. I, I was kind of surprised that he wasn't a sacrificial lamb over the offseason and didn't lose his job because at that point with a with a 6-11 and 11 record, uh, heads had to roll, and, and I thought it might be him. But I think they, they really want to give this organization a chance to build something, and, and, and as a result, they did not take that away. Um, I, I agree that I think Van Joseph is lucky to have a job. And and uh <laughs> yeah, you know, jo- y'all bringing Van Joseph over the coals no, here, man. No, wow. No, no, I mean, I mean that I, I like Van Joseph, but 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 I think he's, he's a nice guy. A yeah, he's a yeah. nice guy. So, I, there's nothing personal about Van. He's a great guy. Personally, I, I like I said I give him a lot of credit. Well, what the hell has he done? So for the Broncos yeah, fans, I will I will comment. When it's my turn, uh, yeah. I'm you gotta last. go next. I gotta hear this. Yeah, you, and, you can, you, and, and, and I will, and I will turn my time, Rich, over to you. Um, so, uh, do you know who had the fifth ranked defense last uh, last season in the NFL? Well, according to one of the guys in the chat, Van Joseph did. You're correct. So, um, do you know who didn't have a top five ranked defense in the NFL last year? Denver. Uh, we were darn close, but um, in terms of generally speaking, uh, none of the other teams in our division were ranked that high. And so the whole point here is if you're going to say, what have you done? Well, he's had a top five defense or our top, a number like a number five defense in the NFL just last season. So um, lucky to have a job, I think is um, that's more than a little much. Um, and in addition to that, uh, the other piece here that ultimately, in truth, uh, ultimately matters here is 
is your team drafting the guys that fit what you're putting on the field? So as an example, to your point about Graham, who you gave a pass, who did not look very good last year as a coach, he had two options last season. One, hold true to his current scheme that he wanted to run and have it not work out. Or two, recognize and realize that the players that he had on the field didn't fit what he wanted to run and try to adapt either leading into the bye week during the bye week and then after the bye week to put a different product on the field. Now, we did see some changes with the Raiders defense during that general block of time where you did see some improvements. So there was clearly some changes made. But ultimately it comes down to this. If the owner and the head coach are not giving you the players to put what you need to in terms of fitting your scheme, your style, what you're trying to do, how you envision things, all that sort of stuff, you're not going to do well. That same concept holds true to what happened with Vance Joseph when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos, which is where most of the AFC West remembers Vance Joseph from. He sucked as a head coach. I don't necessarily believe that it was because he's not a good coach. In my opinion, I think a lot of it comes down to what the organization was willing to do or had given him as a team in order to put on the field and who he was either forced or coerced into keeping on the roster because there were some suspect decisions that were made that I'm pretty sure were not made by him. And the reason why I feel comfortable and confident making that as a general statement is when in Arizona, you saw different player personnel come to the Arizona Cardinals when he was the DC there, and you saw a much better product put on the field. You just did because you saw different players get brought in that fit what he was looking to do. And you saw different pieces get moved around that better fit what he was trying to do. So if I'm going to kind of with all of that, uh, I have, uh, I have to put Spagnol for, I have to put Spags first. I have to, you, you can't win three Super Bowls, do it on two different teams and have won one as recently as he has without putting him uh, number one uh, where I, I differ is recent rankings and looking at recency bias. If but nothing else, I will remain consistent with what I've done on other shows and frankly, what we have all done on other shows. And that is look at what the last season was and say, until you prove me wrong, I'm kind of holding true on that as a, as a line. And I'm putting Vance Joseph as number two. And the reason why I'm doing that is because he put forward a spectacular defense and that's his position. That's fair. If he comes in and sucks, I'm the first person to change my rankings. And trust me, I am harsh. Can I add something to that? Can I add something to that? You don't keep getting jobs like Van Joseph keep getting jobs. He's never unemployed. So he has, he must be doing something right in the pros. Like as quickly as people get jettisoned from the coaching ranks because you don't produce, Van Joseph has been in the league consistently for quite a while. His resume is quite long. If you look at it holistically from his position coaches to his coordinators to his high coaching, he's been in the league for a good while. Just to be clear. So that assessment's completely fair. He is. He is. So basically what my point is, is, you know, prove me wrong, uh, pr- prove that ranking to be incorrect, and I'm happy to change it. Uh, but last year, he's earned a ranking, and therefore, I have to honor that. Now, he did not win a Super Bowl. He was not the reason why, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the reason why he, the team did well. So I can't rank him higher. I can't put him over Spag. So I have to put Spagnola first, 
Vance Joseph second. I then have, um, uh, who's the other guy? I have uh, Ainsley as uh, as third. And again, due to the Raiders' defensive rankings, how they played, and look, it is partially because of player personnel. But at the end of the day, the rankings and the product was what it was, and the defense did not did uh, did not do uh, particularly well. And I have uh, Graham as fourth. Now, does that mean that Graham is, you know, that poorly ranked as a D coordinator? No. I think that he, with the right guys around him, can absolutely just write up the list. But we're going based off what you did last season and in part also as to who you have around you this season. And we'll wait and see what happens. But as of right now, based on recency bias, that's what I have. I think Patrick Graham really will be viewed a lot uh, this year in terms of how many sacks the Raider defense generates and how many times they turn the ball over. That's fair. Positively, like turnovers we get. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to, got to, got to clarify that. That's a good one, Cap. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say because uh, I saw, I caught, I saw Coach's eyes twinkle. I says, "No, he's not gonna have that easy let." I, that the ball's here, the, the the net's here, the ball's here. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no, so no, no. My, Mike, uh, I think this is actually a really interesting comment, uh, especially uh, for the, the two Raiders uh, gentlemen below. Uh, if I can just quickly give my two cents on this, and I'm interested in what you guys have to say. And, and Coach, I'll have you, let's have you have the final word on this once I go. Um be very careful about your initial assessment on that. You need that to you need to give that two seasons. Graham came in as his first year as a defensive coordinator. He had he probably had very little to say in terms of player personnel that were that was either retained or obtained, uh, given timing and other things of that nature. Uh, I think you need to look at what's going to happen this season. Who are they keeping from the draft picks that they got from last year? How has Graham and his staff been able to develop those players to fit and mold into the types of players that they're wanting for that particular scheme? And moreover, and, I, and by the way, Mike, I know the players you're referring to on the Raiders, having the right cogs in the right spot or the right players in the right positions makes a tremendous amount of difference. The one thing that the Raiders struggled with tremendously last season and I don't believe you're factoring this into your comment, is you were missing that middle guy, that nose tackle, D tackle on your defense. Uh, Coach, I need you to help me out with the name because I forget it already, but he, he was he was one of my favorite players on the Raiders, actually. Uh, he got hurt with a bad knee, I think. Um, he got hurt the last game of the season yeah. what of was his name? the Chargers when he was kicking the Chargers' ass. What was his name? The, the former Charger coach, the big boy. Oh. The big boy. He's a big dude. He's like three something. He, yeah. he was amazing. He's like three something before breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he got injured and he and he was out all last year. So he's still with Pilon. There you go. Pilon. Yeah. Pilon. Oh, oh Philon. Yeah. You mean Philon? Darius Philon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So okay. sorry. That 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 really kind of completes what I'm trying to say there is you had Darius Philon there in the center of the Raiders defense in the year prior, as in without Graham there as a D coordinator, who was chewing up uh, double teams, getting pressure on the passer from the center of the field, 
which then frees up your DNs and outside linebackers to then go and just truck after the, the quarterback on their own. When you remove that middle pressure, you remove the uh, need for the focus of shifting those guards inwards uh, where they then can kind of go out. They can then help out uh, break up those DNs and those outside linebackers. So th that's a huge thing that you need to factor into stuff. So I understand where you're coming from. However, you need to give it another a proper season where proper changes can be made. And then that's potentially a completely valid point. And the Raiders didn't have a true middle linebacker last year. They may not have one this year. They, 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 all the, the signs are pointing to Divine Diablo coming back and, and becoming a force. But again, that's unproven. And, and again, the Raiders did not have that person in the middle. Uh, and they haven't for a long time. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. The, the, the most dynamic middle linebackers that the Raiders have had in the last decade, uh, were Vontez perfect and, and, uh, and, and our friend from two years ago, uh, uh Perryman, uh, Denzel Perryman, Denzel Perryman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fair assessment. Fair assessment. Yeah. Um, yeah, but well, we got Mickey Spillane to take care of this year. Not only does he write novels about detectives he plays middle linebacker as well uh, when you do a fictional mm -hmm. characters it's gonna be a long year <laughs> yeah it's gonna well, be a long year mickey spillane pun I, I'm, yeah. too, I'm, I'm not old enough to catch that reference i'm sorry oh my god yeah. <laughs> we're, we're much older than they are jack i yeah. knew that was look, gonna go over their head look up mickey yeah. spillane coach look up I mickey spillane. not the not the linebacker mickey uh -huh. spillane Okay, I'll, I'll put Mickey Spillane's actor. How about that? That work? I'm just hoping you know, he doesn't a, play like a, Well, he is an actor, but he's a writer. He's like oh, writer. a okay. I'll put he's, Mickey he's like a, a, a 40s noir, you know, Humphrey Bogart, Maltese Falcon type, you know, detective writer. Have you ever, uh, have you ever heard Major Reed in school? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Coach, have you ever heard of Dick Tracy? I have. Yeah. Yes, yes, I have heard of Dick it's, Tracy. It's kind of that. That oh, okay. Okay. I'm with that. that. I'm with that. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I like Dick Tracy. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, this is, this is, you know, typically my lane. So I, I think I have a little bit of a unique perspective when it comes out of my rankings here. Um, you know, and listen to you guys talk. I, I, I have to get credit where credit's due. Now, what, what I don't, what I don't like about Spagnola is this. Now, he's a, I, I love him situationally. I think he's a very good situational play caller when it comes to defensive. Now, he's never had uh, a world-beating personnel-related defense. He's never had that with the Giants or with the, with, the, with the Chiefs. They haven't had, you know, your Broncos, you know, Seahawks, Bears, Ravens-style defense. He's never had that from a personnel perspective. But again, I think he is one of those guys. He's very adaptable. I give him, I give him credit for that. He's very adaptable. Um, he gets the most out of what he has from a personnel perspective. Um, his accolades are unrivaled. I mean, when it comes down to people in this division, his accolades are unrivaled. So you have to put him in one. You have to put him in one. Now, you know, as far as overall scheme, like if I had to choose between like coaches in this division who I wanted to absolutely positively learn from, from the ground zero, I would much more rather learn from Vance Joseph because I love Vance Joseph's 34 scheme. Like the, he, his 34 scheme with, with the Cardinals that he ran, although I don't think he really fully had the personnel to run it like he wanted to, 
Um, you know, you had ins and outs, injuries and things of that nature. I, I absolutely positively love his 34 scheme you know, between the time he spent with Houston with, you know, JJ and and those guys for that time being. We with San Fran, he was DB, DB coach in the heyday of San Fran's, like when they were really dominant on defense before before Shanahan, like when they were at Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, you know, you know, those guys. So I really, I really like Van Joseph's scheme from a from a schematical standpoint. So I, for me, I had to put Van Joseph too, just from a just from a mind, just from a defensive mind. Now his production and what he's done, his winning record, his his ability to be a head coach, that could be questioned. But just from a pen to paper, like X's and O's perspective, I think Van Joseph has got to be too, in my opinion. Um, three. I got to get a Patrick Graham. You know, everybody, you, you know, Raiders fans want to give a lot of, give Patrick Graham a lot of vitriol, but I, I look at Patrick Graham like this, and I kind of look at him and Brian Flores the same, is that they spent multiple years under Bill Belichick, who's clearly the best defensive mind in the game. So you just, if you, you can't not be in the building that long with Bill Belichick and not know X's and O's, not know, not know nuances when it comes down to the, the game of football and the defense when it comes down to, you know, situations, X's and O's, scheme. You got to know all those things. And I think that Brian Flores has, been, has more success than Patrick Graham has. But I think that if you get Patrick Graham the personnel that Brian Flores has had in his coaching career, where he's in Minnesota now and when he's with Miami, I think we had a better career. So I think Patrick Graham for me is third. And just by default, Derek Ansley is fourth because of just from experience. He has the least amount of coaching experience out of everybody in the division. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you know, it's. I think you need more more... I guess you can say legs to stand on when it comes down to his coaching ability. So I think that for him, he has to be four because of experience and the simple fact that the years he's the three years he's been with Staley, they have had a bottom tier defense as a unit. So and you also have to play into the fact that that Staley's likely going to be the overarching, overshadowing person calling him defensive plays, and he has been since Ansley's been there. So that's why I put Ansley at when it comes down to four. So like I said, Spagnola from accolades and you know, just just his adaptability one. Van Joseph from a divas of mind two. Patrick Graham for for his again for his uh, knowledge is three and Ansley four for me. That's why that's what our guys land in, in my list. That's fair. So I'm, you, I'm going to defer to you, Coach. You're the guru, so I'm going to defer to you on those. Like oh hell no! Don't don't make his head any bigger than it is. And Shit! Listen, I'm surprised you can sit on camera. It says this freaking oh I'm the defensive dude, man. I know everything. Oh my god. You can't have you can't have a defense without you go I'm the guru. 
I, I understand, Coach. You, you, I understand, Cap. You, you want you want to be me? It's okay. It's okay. Oh hell no! <laughs> it's okay. Oh hell no! Cap was doing his best to make Lombardi in person. He was. He was. He was. But yeah, I mean, I understand. It's it's okay. But I mean, I know I know where I make make my make my bread when it comes down to football and it's the defensive side of the ball. So again, you know, I, 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 I that's why I lay my head at when it comes down to how I rank the defensive guys. You know, basically, I liked everybody's. I liked everybody's takes. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, yeah, they had some. Everybody had a little bit of validity to their to their. It kind of made you think. Like I said, I was I was wavering what I want to put Spags at because I really like Vance. But again, you know, uh, you know, you guys, you know, as, through talking through it, kind of, you know, I just have to give credit where credit's due. You know, <clears throat> and and again, I think the important piece here is you have to separate out where someone was as a head coach in maybe the previous years uh, when they have been that head coach. Like, for example, uh, you have to separate what Matt Nagy did as a head coach versus what he's done as an offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. so it's like you have to do the yeah. same thing with yeah. Vance Joseph. There's not enough use and suck. Going back to Vance Joseph, I just think he had, you know, he just – you know, I think just think it was a bad situation, you know, for him, <laughs> you know, and I think that him and anybody, if anybody has, has been, you know, any coaches on his list has been in Arizona for any time frame. I mean, they've never been stable. So <laughs> no, no matter what you do, if you're in Arizona in any, any last 20 years, they, they haven't been stable. So I wouldn't. Richie, his last comment. So coach sees it. <laughs> And he ain't talking about these, baby. He ain't talking about these. That was his personal business. I ain't got nothing to do with that. He's talking about about what I'm bringing, baby. Hello. Hi. You're walking that plank so is The real question is, is he he leaving with it? If you're not leaving with it, it don't count. (laughs) That's true. They're brought in and they're brought out. Okay. All right. Salute. Salute, then. If 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 you're leaving with it. You I'm know, in it, yeah. Bring it in. Salute. You're not leaving with it. You just, you just, you just, you just wanted what they call a simp. <laughs> you just a simp for you know. Oh, you, I, I was, I was gonna call that more window shopping. But aside from that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was what they, what they call yeah. a simp in the streets. If you, if you if you ain't leaving with it, but if you're leaving with it, salute. Half of our viewers slash listeners are highly confused right now. <laughs> yes. You have to watch. You have to watch Raiders game to see Cap on TV to know exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. So, uh, so we covered offensive. We covered defensive. Um, uh, moving over to a special teams coordinator, which I know it's not the uh, the one that everyone loves talking about. But if you're going to be honest, and, and I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of what you just said there, Coach, in your previous comment about Graham. The one thing Bill Belichick and Sean Payton. Oh, they're big special comment. teams guys. Big special special teams. teams is big special teams guys. Boom, 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 way up there. That's a mm. massive, massive uh, thing uh, for both of those coaches. So again, tying back into your previous comment on Graham, there. Uh, I, I mean, I have to say that all all fingers are pointing in the right direction for the Broncos special teams with who they brought in. I am super happy with who they brought in as our special teams coordinator. Uh, which is going to be a pleasant surprise for for Broncos country, to be perfectly honest. It has been the bane of our existence for, oh, I don't know, 
a long time <laughs> where we have started off strong and not finished or uh, just been just awful. Uh, sorry, uh, Captain, as you said, there was not enough use in the word suck in order, yeah, in order to describe the Broncos special teams. And so I'm super happy with uh, who we brought in as our special teams coordinator. Um, so I have to say as a bit of a, you know, deviation, I have to give Mike Westhoff, uh, sorry, um, uh, Ben rather. And we also have a, a good, uh, kind of guru there in Mike, uh, I'll say Westhoff, Westhoff being there, yes. even though he's not the, yeah, he's, he's kind of the guy, but not the guy is kind of, and that's who I was really referring to. Yeah. But he's there. Yeah, so he's there. Yeah, it's kind of like when you're an OC working for the the head coach. That's that's the real OC. Westhoff is the guy. So I kind and that's and unfortunately I, I I when to get the names out, I put him. I'm like, yeah, that that guy is the shiznit in the bucket with the biscuit yeah. and yeah. all the bag of chips and the snaps in Z formation. That's what it is, man. That, yeah. So. I like Ben, um, who we have there, but the, the real, the real kind of cherry on the top of the the push over the finish line is, I've ranked Ben as number one because of Mike Westhoff being, you know, the guy behind him, and because even if Ben totally messes up, Mike won't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Is really what it comes down to, and so I, I had to put the Broncos there at, uh, at number one. Uh, and then uh, I, I, at that point there, I have to kind of go towards uh, the Chiefs at, uh, at number th- at number two. Uh, I got uh, the Chargers there uh, with uh, Ryan Ficken as uh, no, I did not use a different word uh, as uh, as number. I got three. your Fickens right here, and we're gonna we're gonna blow that right out the water in a minute. Yeah, and. Uh, and then I've got uh, I, I can't bring myself uh, to to rank Tom McMahon. Uh, well, see, I, that's bias, and that is bias. That is bias. That is bias. Well, that is bias. No, just because you can't stand McMahon because he sucked for the Broncos. No, 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 let, let, me finish. let me finish. Uh, I don't think he is the reason why your special teams unit didn't suck last year. Yeah, so true. The, 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 whole, the whole point is he has players on the special teams unit, like the, the kicker, for example, who is automatic. Like you, you just have a really good kicker. Like he's just really, really good. That is not Tom McMahon's doing. He was already there when Tom was brought in. I'm sorry. It's 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 oh, not. I got there. you. So you'll, you'll hear so, me in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as much as I do have a negative bias towards Tom McMahon, he is not the reason why your unit didn't suck last year. And that's why I have him dropped where I have them is that he hasn't elevated things, you know, to the next level, which the coach would be potentially the reason for something like that. Uh, he has kept things either the same or down a notch. And that is again, much to the same, you know, basically familiar territory for Broncos country. Uh, so over uh, to Tom and uh, Captain, uh, go ahead and jump in with your special teams uh, rankings, please. 
All right, Jack, I'll, I'll go ahead of you. So uh, I, I agree that Denver's got the got the first. Uh, uh, Westhoff, I think, is the straw that stirs the drink there, and I think that they uh, will do good things. If they have uh, any type of, of kicking game this year, um, I think that's going to elevate the special teams unit even more. So we'll just have to wait and see what that does. But uh, but I highly agree. I think I think Westhoff, in terms of coaches, I think he's the strongest of the four. Um, I've got Chiefs uh, like you do, Richie, ranked at number two. Um, I have the Chargers ranked at number three. So I'm agreeing with you, totally. And and you've got to love you you you, Rich. You have got to love the fact that you you all gave the Raiders a gift which just keeps on giving. Uh, Atomic Man, uh, (laughs) when he came over from the Broncos, I thought, oh, my God, we are cooked. And and to be honest with you, the the, the special teams did better last year than I thought they would, um, I think in spite of him. Uh, one of the things that they did, which which I, I, I really enjoy the fact that they did, is they in, encouraged Daniel Carlson to start kicking the ball out of the end zone so they wouldn't get any returns, uh, many on on the uh, on kick returns, which I think benefited the Raiders a lot. Plus, again, Daniel Carlson kicking the field goals was a benefit. Of course, we had uh, A.J. Cole as a punter, so uh, that battery right there uh, made the special teams much better uh, from that standpoint, but uh, I, I think I hope that 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 continues to be on the rise, and that we can do better things in, in terms of special teams, in spite of McMahon as the coach. I'm still going to rank him as four, but uh, I'm hopeful that they can continue to do great things in spite of the fact that he's their coach. I just want to thank McDungus for uh, another super chat here. Uh, I brought it up specifically uh, while you guys were talking to allow you the opportunity uh, to respond as uh, the two resident uh, Raiders fans here. Uh, but I, I I agree actually with your assessment there, uh, Tom. I, I think it's legit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Tom McMahon is often circumvented by players in order for the unit to do well. It is not a Tom McMahon being brought in, implementing a thing and having the unit then do better. You have other coaches that kind of fit that mold on the special team side, but Tom McMahon has not been that coach for a while. So uh, Captain, uh, your uh, your thoughts on uh, on what Tom just said. Uh, almost. Okay, if, first off, if we're going to go who has the best special team specialists, the Raiders are number one. Yeah, if you go by players, I'll take A.J. Cole, I'll take Carlson over everybody. Okay, and then Mike was saying, why do we get rid of Trent Sieg? Trent Sieg had a, a couple more penalties than what the Raiders wanted. So they ended up getting the Broncos long snapper who knows – McMahon's system a little bit better. I I can't remember what his name is, but you know that's Bobin, how Bobin Moyer. Yeah, yeah, Bob. Yeah, uh, some some dude with a long name. You know, like just like in Office Space, uh, Muhammad. Well, Muhammad not gonna be working there next year. Okay, next week. Okay, whatever. You know, but yeah, Bobin Moyer. Okay, but yeah, they got rid of Trent Sieg because uh, he was. It was a, it was a money thing, and it, he had a couple different penalties at the wrong times and he said you know we're gonna take Bobin Moyer 
because he knows my system. And again, so that is why. And who, what who's the, the Chiefs special teams guy? Because I have I have the Broncos number one because of West Hawk. Yep. Okay, but and I have the Chiefs number two because I have our boy McMahon third. Thickens. What does I, I mean? I, I was I kind of did like a quick bio type thing. I'm like oh. Yeah, oh, Dave Tobe. Actually, I take yeah, it Dave back. Tobe. I take it back. I had the Chiefs with Dave Tobe number one because of Dave. Dave Tobe is is an all star special teams guy, the coach. I had Westhoff two with his guys. I had McMahon three, and then I had Thickens is because he was he was Thickens. I didn't really know too much. He didn't. He didn't inspire me with any of the things that were there. Yeah, I know Sieg was part of the – I get it. I get it there, Mike, and we'll see if that screws up the uh, the, the, the placement of the kid. But, no, Dave Tobe by himself is the best special teams guy. Why? Because Westhoff is actually a special teams assistant and oversight over who the real guy is. But Dave Tobe has been special teams guru, kind of like – what Marv Levy, even though he was the head coach up in Buffalo, Marv Levy ran those special teams in Buffalo, and they were immaculate. Okay, uh, Harbaugh in in with Baltimore, special teams guy, freaking awesome. Dave Tobe is the man, special teams coach. I had him one. The Broncos with Westhoff oversight of whoever the hell it really is. I had our boy McMahon, who can't really f up. When you have the, the best punter and kicker, but he, he slides down coaching wise to number three because Thickens, I, I was looking, I'm like, okay, really didn't whatever. Okay, there's no S. I'm sorry, DZ, but you know, I, I thicken you. Okay, there you go, DZ. Thicken you. But I love you, brother. Thank you for and thank you for being here as well. And yeah, I saw that uh Love you, Captain. Love you too, Mundungus, even though you don't give me any effing money. You know, give like a $1.99 super chat thing, you know. But make sure you support the show. Like, like, share, share, everybody. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, um, I actually, I think that's fair. Because, uh, I mean, Tobe is, you know. Tobe's the man. He's, 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 the, he's at that level. I think that's fair. Now, he would be an example of a guy that, is a reason like he is a reason why certain things work for the chief special teams he came in and they have just immediately you know improved right um kind of the opposite of mcmahon right uh mcmahon came in and he just inherited good personnel and they kind of didn't do any better and maybe did worse on some of the coverage units which is what uh, some of the uh, other uh fancier said and that is also indicative of what happened with the broncos we didn't think our special teams could get worse and we were wrong. Uh, our coverage units got worse. Our punt and kickoff uh, coverage units under McMahon just kept on getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, despite having a kicker at the time at McManus, who was actually quite good. Um, and Denver has typically always had pretty good punters as well. Um, generally speaking, you know, it's kind of easy to punt at mile high. It is. Um, it is. And so 
but the thing is, is that we've typically always had good punters, and we had a, a pretty darn good kicker there, kicker there for a long time uh, in McManus. So, again, that wasn't the problem. The problem was our coverage units, and it just got worse. And, and I think you're going to start seeing that with the Raiders, where your kicker is basically automatic. You have a good punter, but then the other elements, the things that kind of coaching really plays a role in, because you are, if you already have a ready-made player and your punter and your kicker, the, the coach isn't going to be able to do anything for him. Right. And that's well, I, 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 dis, I disagree with that because when I look at the fundamentals and the number of penalties they got, particularly in the special team side, that's where coaching does matter. And, and again, I know you have to have players to make plays, but you have to have the coaches to put them in position and go over the schemes and the fundamentals. And I think that's one of the places where uh, the Raiders have fallen down over the last few years. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, one of the reasons why Trent Sieg's gone. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's weird because I, I look at this from a different perspective. I look at it when, you know, as a guy who played special teams in his college, high school and college career, I feel like I actually coached special teams a little bit too when when I was coaching high school. But I feel like I feel like that this particular not group, worthy. <laughs> I feel like this particular group is more married to the idea of they have to be hand in hand. You need a good coach and you need good personnel. I think those two things have to run hand in hand for your special teams group to be good. And I think that that's why Bill Belichick and, and guys that we named earlier kind of really, really dig into that and make sure their personnel is accurate and, and to what you want to have on that side of the ball. Um, so I, the way I did my ring was a little bit different. I, I married the coordinator with the personnel. And and this is where I, it kind of broke my heart that the Denver Broncos got rid of McManus because I was high on that unit more so when they had McManus based upon what he had as a coordinator. But became, being they got an unproven kicker now, per se, that, you know, because you're unproven when, it, when you're kicking in Denver until you do it because it's a different animal to kick in Denver. We all know this, right? So, you know, so the kicker that comes in now does have any success, level of success like McManus had in his, his career. It's a wait and see. So, you know, just looking at it from a personnel perspective, I have to put the Chiefs at one because they because they they have Bucker, they have they have uh Thompson and they and they return guys. So I, I just have to put them at one based upon that marriage. Because I really feel like you're you are as good as your kicker and your punter are when it comes down to field position and putting points on the board from that perspective. And can your guy return kicks? Now, because I can line guys up all the way long and teach them how to block and create lanes, but if your guy's not dynamic in returning the ball, then it, it just really doesn't matter from, from that perspective. So then I put the Raiders at two because, again, because of Carlson and uh, A.J. Cole was the punter, right? Did I have that right? right. A.J. Cole. Right. And um, yeah. you, got, you got our guy, DeAndre Carter, who's going to be returning kicks for you this year. So had to give him, you know, a, a, a notch. So I feel like the Raiders for two for me. The Broncos are three because again, McManus is gone. If he had been there, he would probably they would probably have been one A or two for me in that perspective. And then the Chargers for me are 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 four. But I really feel like and I was talking to DZ about this a second ago. I said that if you look at this two or three years ago, the the special teams for the Chargers were a mess. Now Ryan Figgins doesn't have the notoriety as as Tobe McMahon or Westhoff, but he has stabilized the unit. Like you know, we're not we're no longer giving up crazy punts returns. We're no longer giving crazy kick returns. We're no longer doing the undisciplined things that we've been doing from a schematic perspective. So I do feel like Ficken is coming to clean all that up. But 
the guys above him from the personnel and the coaching lore and the coaching tree, you have to put them above him because, again, he hadn't been there that long, but he has done well for the units. So I give him kudos for stabilizing the He's unit and that not being an issue for us anymore. So I give him credit for that, but I do, I do have him at four. And you might change your tune if you see a lot more extra points being kicked than field goals attempted. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but, but again, it's, that's a wait and see. But just from a just from a bird's eye view preseason look, that that's that's why I have, that's why I have it because of the personnel and the coordinator that you actually have in place. Because again, one without the other just doesn't work. I mean, if your coach is, is excellent at drawing it up, but he don't have the players to execute it, and special teams that is paramount when it comes down to exactly how you get things done on the special team side of the ball, punt kicking, you know, field goals, extra points, all that good stuff. All that stuff matters you know, from a personnel as well as a coaching schematic perspective. So that is highly important. So that's why I have Chiefs 1, Raiders 2, Broncos 3, and Chargers 4. Again, I think that's uh, it's a fair approach. But again, the important piece is saying what you're doing and why and then breaking it down. I think that's fair. Now, if you're, if you're going to truly look at that, I'd have a hard time if you're bra- if you're premising the primary criteria of special teams based on what you just said coach i'd have a hard time not ranking the raiders one i think their kicker is that big of a difference maker he he kicked he kept them in some games last year mm-hmm. where they had no business being in the games i'm gonna tell you what the tiebreaker was the, the, the kick the kick, the kick return game the punt return game because okay. you got Pacheco and Tony returning kicks. They're better than DeAndre Carter. Let's just be honest about it. I like DeAndre Carter and all, all his, you know, what he brings to the game, but they're better and more dynamic at returning kicks than – because I think it's a tie. I think Tom, Tommy Thompson and AJ Cole are excellent punters. I think Harrison Bucker and and Dirk Carson are excellent kickers. I think you have either one of those guys, you, you're good. You're in good shape. And I think you have a limited range from 40 yards and in when you want to kick the ball in good conditions. So, you know, you can you can argue all day who's slightly better, who's not. So I think the tiebreaker for me is is a, is a punt kick return game for that particular spectrum. I think Coach, I Gary Stoney and Scott right. Moore are, 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 are definitely more dynamic kick returners and punt returners than, than De- DeAndre Carter is, in my opinion. Coach, I think you're right because the, the Chiefs, they flip the field a lot more frequently uh, for the positive than, than most any other team in the league. So mm. when you look at it just from that standpoint alone, I think I think the Chiefs get the upper hand. Yeah, barely. Like it's close. Cause like I said, you know, I you know I'm not a hater when it comes down to talent. You Carlson and you know much as I hate to see him line up on the field when when, when he's when he playing the charges, <laughs> we, we already know what the situation is when the ball goes up. Same thing with Bucker. Like it, it's 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 almost and it's not I'm not saying it's automatic, but it's it's highly you know, to the positive side of them making field goals. And, I just want know. to see Carlson on the field kicking PATs more than he's kicking field goals. We all that do. Is we all issue. do because you're getting seven versus six. I mean, seven right, versus three. Right, so, And that's yeah, my yeah, yeah. thing. And Carlson, I, and to be honest, Carlson misses more extra points than he does field goals. That's an argument. That's an argument. No, no, I mean, sir, if you, if no, you look at, and ironically, Cap, that Bucker did had the same struggle last year. He was yeah. field goal wise, but the extra point he struggled was weird. They right. right. Yeah, I said I don't think that I don't think Carlson missed. He might have missed one field goal last year. Right. Maybe. Okay. But Carlson missed like two or three extra points. 
So if you looked at if you look at it that way, right. where it should be automatic, especially because it's in mm-hmm. as right. an extra point, and he missed three of them, yeah. right? I mean, again, I would I would like to I would like to see Carlson kick more extra points because it means we got six points and we're going to do a tack on, which which is what the Raiders need offensively, especially with all of the people in this division. We need the offense to score six, not settle for three. And I know that, um, you know, Sharissa Ala Khan, my brother, was saying that, you know, that was, you know, um, you know, the, the issue with he who shall not be named, uh, whose initials are Delta Charlie four. Okay. Because it was always Carlson coming in to bail that, bail that ass out. Whereas I want that. And yeah, and I like Trent Sieg too. I'm reading the comments. They they specifically mentioned his issues with penalties as one of the main reasons why he was let go. I think though, Jack, the main reason is like you said, Bobin Moyer basically uh, meshed and he knows the with, system. with the, the system. And I think that's why. Uh, yeah. Now, Guys, I'm going to have to leave here you all here, but I'm going to leave you with a little mic drop moment here, and uh, you can either you can either discuss this or not. So, uh, we're getting ready to start the training camps, and uh, each team has a 90 man or a 91 man because we have the extra guy uh, through, through the the Africa uh, or worldwide program. We got to have the player from Nigeria. But I want you all to think in your mind, and I went back and looked at all four rosters, okay, how players are on your team that have two years playing experience or less. So that would be rookies. That would be players coming off their rookie year and then players who have two years under their belt. And I did some looking, and, and, and the, these numbers may surprise you. But, again, I think it goes to the, to the fact that the, the, the league overall is getting younger, okay? Of the four teams, this may surprise you, the Raiders have the fewest number of players in that group at 40, okay? So they've got 40 players on their 90-man roster right now that with two surprise. years of playing experience. Yeah, it doesn't surprise less. me either because I feel like all the all, other three teams all were young in the last two, three years. Yeah. The Broncos have 44 players. The Chiefs have 45. And the Chargers have 52. So 52 of the 90-man Chargers have two years of experience experience or less we could put so, a whole team with our young guys yeah exactly, exactly but but again that goes to show uh the way that some of the leagues are trending you know you you, you want to it's been commented over and over you want you want guys who are particularly the rookies uh, first round rookies on that five-year uh option you want to be able to get that fifth year option but you want to maybe be able to make your hay while the players are playing on cheap deals and uh, and this this really speaks to the entire league. This is kind of where the league is going right now. So Absolutely. I was kind of surprised, but then when I took a step back and took a look at it, it didn't really surprise me all that much. But I thought it'd be interesting to note. So players with two years playing experience, or teams with players with two years playing experience or less. The Raiders right now have forty. The Broncos have forty-four. The Chiefs have forty-five, and the Chargers have fifty-two. Do you know why else that's the case is uh, teams have been able to stack their practice squad with additional players. Now, you've also been able to hold veterans on those practice squads, but 
the practice squad is for those developmental roles and having more young guys kept on your 90 man gives you and affords you that opportunity in the early preseason games to hold on to those developmental players and get those diamonds in the rough that you're looking for on four-year cheap deals that play at a starter or a, a, a 1B role, for example, for a starter, which is the ultimate value for any NFL team so they can then get comp picks when they end up walking. And this doesn't factor in late signings that you may get. Uh, I know the Raiders are looking at two in particular, uh, two free agents, uh, Patrick Queen, linebacker, and Marcus Peters in the defensive backfield. Now, if they sign those Queen two guys, cut? so who, huh? Patrick Queen got cut? No, no, no. no he's no, on no. the trade no. block. Oh, trade, trade block. Okay, trade. okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking at a potential trade there. So I thought again, I missed if something. You bring, <laughs> if you bring if you bring those guys in again to make room for them on the roster, do you get rid of one of the young guys or do you get rid of one of the veterans? So again, well, the old guys on the, won't be first on the list, in my opinion. Uh, probably so, uh, yeah. unless you have some guy who's just filling a roster spot. So anyway, especially well, well, guy with a big contract. Okay, Moaga, Moaga gets. And you know what? Which is unfortunate because Mwaga's wife is freaking hot as hell. Well, that don't Leave matter, but obviously. <laughs> Having a hot wife don't guarantee a roster spot. Exactly. That's right. That's Listen, right. But, gentlemen, thank you all for having me in. Appreciate uh, it, folks, reach out to me on uh, Twitter, T3 underscore Sports 703. And for those of you who are Raiders fans and also Chargers fans, uh, Coach is actually going to be coming on our show, the Only Nation podcast, in a couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to chop it up. And I'm putting together a special show, a little crossover edition that are all things Raiders and Chargers. So uh, we'll be collaborating on that and look forward to that down the road, too. So uh, indeed, I look indeed. forward to getting getting together again with you all next week. And then, of course, uh, down the road. And, of course, Rich, the the the, the the uh, invitation is open for you as well. We'd yep. love to get you on our show, and uh, I can do sure. a little crossover thing with uh, with uh, Raiders and Broncos. So, and of course, Jack, you and I collaborate all the times. So. I was going to say it's been a while. It's been a while. I'd yeah. be more than happy to come on when you, providing I have time. But you know, I will exactly. make time. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Listen, you all have a terrific evening, and I will catch you all on the flip side. Have a good one. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Uh, so. Uh, now for the, uh, the the kind of the big the big kind of non or kind of adjacent coaching spot that you you know you kind of call it the the, the rung down but is is clearly an important one on on all the teams which is the strength and conditioning uh, coach uh, in my opinion uh, one of the undervalued and most excuse driven coaches on a roster. Uh, in my opinion, it's it's up to them and the head coach to work together to put together the proper schedules and and diet and all that other kind of stuff uh, for the team and the players. And yet, we do seem to see certain coaches, we'll say, well overstay their welcomes uh, despite uh, persistent and consistent negative results on the team. Uh, I think a a you know again we saw that in our division. Even the Broncos started to see that uh, on our team. Uh, I think Landau was the, the gentleman's last name uh, for the Broncos. The Broncos in the last two seasons have had major injuries and a lot of them, not unlike the Chargers coach. And, uh, and yet he stuck around and the Broncos have in fact also uh, moved on and got a new coach uh, stepping in for us this season as well. So if we're going to rank 
it's really rough to do this because I mean we had a lot of turnover. I know for sure we just got to put the charges at four because we just got a brand new coach. He haven't even had a season yet. Like he's he just got here. So I have tied for third. Okay. Uh, Chargers and Broncos. Right. Uh, we don't know how they're going to do. We have not seen uh, how either of their teams fare uh, this year versus last. And frankly, I think both of our teams, uh, yours and my coach, have the largest amount of growth opportunity from that uh, coaching position on our rosters. Yeah, because we were banged up last year holistically. We, we, had, a, we had a mass unit on both rosters. Like So both the Broncos – so at the end of the season, the Broncos ended up winning, I think, uh, even even overall. We had either the most injured or the second most injured roster, but we had the most amount of cap on IR by the end of the season. Yeah, we were competing for that at the, towards the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something I want to compete for, no, obviously. No, but. no, no. So, yeah. so at the end of the day, I see Broncos and, uh, and, and Chargers with our strength and conditioning coaches uh, mm. just for the – benefit of those who don't know who they are uh lucius jordan is the uh new strength uh, sorry that's an assistant sorry uh jonathan brooks is the head strength and conditioning coach uh for your uh, chargers their coach um and for uh, the denver broncos the head strength and conditioning coach is uh dan darnipple i don't know that's close that's that dairy nipple whatever uh good Dalrymple. Dar sure. nipple, Dar nipple, something nipple, Dal Rimple. something Dal nipple, Rimple. something nipple. Okay, so uh, Dal Rimple. come on, man, it's not that effing difficult. Even we were you're, messing you're, up you're, on purpose, Kevin. After you said it, right? We just gonna mess up on purpose. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> so, either way, uh, I think that just based on what we saw uh, last year, we have to be tied for third, and then it actually gets really interesting. Uh, I then rank the Chiefs uh, strength and conditioning coach uh, as a second. And that is in large part uh, simply because we started to see some of the key positional players on that roster start getting hurt last year uh, when you didn't normally see that on the Chiefs. You, you saw a lot of those guys kind of maintain health and do well but you started to see their health decline. And I think that that falls on that coach. That's literally what their point is. Like, can you stay healthy? Can you, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, but can you honestly say they it was it was a failure being that they won the Super Bowl and they were largely healthy when they got to the Super Bowl and at the very last week of the season? That's, that's a rough ask. They were, they were, they were quite, they were pretty healthy come Come the end of the season, like the, at the Super Bowl, I think they most of their guys were available that that week. It, they were available that week, but the question is, and yes, they won, so fine. But I just had a hard, I have a hard time when you start seeing. Let's put it this way: I saw key players get hurt that typically don't normally get hurt, and. I'm willing to say that that might be a one-year fluke, but again, I'm going to remain consistent with what I'm ranking and why I'm ranking. So I'm not going to give a pass for one coach because I would like to think differently. So I saw key and core players on the Chiefs get hurt, and that's the most recent season. 
Yes, they won the Super Bowl. So great. Good for them. Congratulations. But it does not mean that uh, that did not happen or they did not get hurt. And so therefore, I have to rank them down. And uh, at last, I have to put the Raiders guys, number one, because I didn't see a tremendous amount of, you know, huge injuries on their team, aside from a few players that are always hurt anyway. Uh, and, and frankly, most of those are not even on the roster anymore. So clearly the coaching staff in the, with the Raiders agreed uh, with, you know, getting rid of those players. And so I can't necessarily put that on the coach. Yeah. I was going to say if you, Waller, Perryman. Yep. Yep. So if, the, if they're, if they're consistently getting hurt and that seems to be a, a player problem where regardless of what they do, it happens. Uh, you know, the coach, the coaches there now with the, the Raiders said, look, uh, the best ability is availability, and we believe that we can get guys that are at minimum comparable or at least uh, multiple guys that can uh, fill that role for us. Uh, we would rather have availability over uh, ability, per se, uh, and, and they believe that the ability can be uh, coached or taught. So uh, I think that's well, a fair, I'll say, fair uh, Diablo was out for a large portion of the year. He's back this year. Um Hobbs if was he gets hurt again, but hold on. If he gets hurt again, he's gone next year. I guarantee it. What Hobbs? No, Diablo. Diablo? Yeah, and that that's yeah. If he get if he gets yeah. hurt this year, yeah. you know, you know, fool me once, fool me twice type thing. And it's unfortunate because he has the best ability of all of the young linebackers that we have because we don't really have a lot of good linebackers. There's Diablo. Who's coming back from injury? We got Masterson, who was an UDFA that played well, and then we have uh, my boy Mickey Spillane. He's not Mickey; it's, it's Robert, actually. But you know, look him up, Coach Mickey Spillane. Spillane, okay. We yeah. got Spillane that came in, and, and he's basically a, a slightly younger version than Perryman. He can, he can, he's a thumper, but he's not a he's not a guy that can cover anybody. So we just we swapped out for her age. And not as um, you know injury prone. So that's what we did. Yeah. What we did there. Um, as far as like I said, the, uh, the the strength guys, Deuce is not the strength and conditioning coach for the Raiders. He's the assistant. But I defy you to find anybody that is more jacked up on roids in this division than Deuce Gruden. Okay, or he's big. Yeah, he he's okay. He. He's, he's big because he lifts, but I'm sure that he had a little bit of uh, help, okay? Not that I would attest to it in a court of law because that would be slander or libel. One of them is verbal ones. The other one's in the paper, and I don't want to be put anything. But, yeah, Deuce is friggin' Jack, but he's not the strength and conditioning guy. He's actually the assistant. And I like, right. I like, and I like your list, and I, from what I was saying to Coach, with, I was going to F with Coach. I was going to say – Everybody's tied for one, and then the, the Charger guy is four because all the Charger guys are always injured. And I forgot. I forgot. The Broncos were injured a lot, too. So the Raiders and the Chiefs guys are tied for one, and then you guys are tied for four. You know, you know, it doesn't work like that, but that's about the way it was. So, yeah, I, I, I remember. It's like, yeah, the Broncos had a lot of injuries. Math must have worked differently when you went to school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm trying to give it to you as much as I can. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, but if you do it that way, it's one, one, three, three. Yeah, exactly. Wow. 
but man. It is, it's, it's interesting because I mean, I have to give the Chiefs one because they had the least amount of guys on IR for the entire year. Like, we talk about season and they had two. They only had two guys on season long IRs. Everybody else was healthy for the most part of the year on their roster. So they had good drugs. Listen, however you get it done, I can't prove none of that. So <laughs> just by the just by sheer numbers, like I said, the Chargers and the, and the Broncos were competing. I'm look, it's I'm looking at this graphic. It's full of red, and the red means IR for multiple weeks. It's full of red on both sides. So again, the, I think the Chiefs first, Raiders second, Broncos, and pick one when it comes to Broncos and Chargers. They just pick one. Like I said, they were competing for injuries. Now I would say if you had to go by production and record like despite the fact that we were so injured we did make the playoffs so if you had to give a nod and, and put person three and four charges three because they did fact factor and they did make the playoffs despite all that and the broncos didn't so i would have to rank it in that order if i was forced to give a number for each person oh you if you were forced to i'm gonna throw that big p word because the charges very rarely make the playoffs so i gotta use that word playoffs Playoffs. Hey, we, playoffs. We made the playoffs in the last 10 years more than you have. So let's be real about it. Last year. Last 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Playoffs? No, but playoffs. I, 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 I wouldn't disagree with that as an assessment, Coach. I mean, the, the Broncos were – we were low-key really badly hurt last season and just didn't get the same um, – commentary and and kind of because we weren't playoff team like we just weren't good by the mid-season basically and they knew it all the other commentators are saying the the chargers are really hurt and it, like the throwaway was you know when you saw the graphic that the broncos were above the chargers in terms of injury on ir right. either players or cap space and they just said well look what the chargers are but they didn't mention like in the division the broncos are even more hurt we right. just didn't care at that point because, like, we sucked. Uh, right. So, hey, I don't think it was until we found that graphic on Twitter about who was the most injured towards the end of the season. We actually knew the numbers. Yeah, I think that's when we actually noticed it. Well, but yeah, I, yeah. I knew the stat, I knew the salary cap that we had on on IR because it, it it had made it was making its round through Broncos country uh, Twitter that, and, and Facebook. That, and that makes where, sense. Yeah. Yep. That I makes mean, sense. at some point when you have like your top three or four players on IR, you start saying, uh. That's a lot of money not playing right now, right? That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, I think that's really interesting. I, I do think, again, like, uh, you know, whether it be defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, there are certainly cer certain positions on all of our teams from a coaching perspective uh, where uh, for some of our teams, there's nowhere to go but up. And, uh, and I think that uh, this will be a really interesting and very telling year. Uh, for starters, for example, Coach, um will staley take the advice of the new coordinator he better um <laughs> you know for strength and conditioning will he implement changes that often clearly need to take place in order to get you guys out of the you know out of the injury bug or out of the hospital room so to speak and on the field right mm -hmm. um similarly uh sean payton is he headstrong and will he listen to the strength and conditioning coaches uh, to allow his team to adapt so that they can, again, get out of the hospital room and on the, and on the field. And I think that that's a, uh, those are all fair comments because of, uh, you know, players and all that sort of thing. So, uh, now, uh, Peyton also, when he was with the, uh, the saints, 
did have a handful of injuries when he was there. So I think there is some towards the record. end. Yeah, towards the end they were they were a little yeah. bit banged up. Yeah, so I think there is some proven record uh, to Sean Payton perhaps needing to listen more to the experts that they have that he has on the team uh, and maybe get out of his own way. So it'll be very interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens there. Just before we head out, guys, super quick round the room for one thing. Uh, coming in and up to uh, camp uh, as we get into mandatory camps uh, for all of us, what is one thing quickly that we think or that we would like to change on our roster today that would make us immediately better? Uh, Coach, I'll start with you. I run defense. Okay. Uh, Captain, I'm sorry. What was the question? What is the one thing that you would want to change right now? Just one thing on your roster that would make you immediately better heading into camp, mandatory camp. So Knowing coach, who our quarterback will be. That's a good one. That's a good I, one. I, I, That's a good one. I cannot disagree with that yeah. as a I, I, I coming from a, as a Broncos fan, uh, I have been in your position more than once, and so good for you. Um, yeah, I, that that's a good one. Honestly, uh, that's the honest truth. Yeah, that, yeah. I, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's listen, awesome. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with it, but that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Yeah, that was a good one. For me, uh, mine is not on the defensive side of the ball from the running game, coach. Mine is on the offensive side. Uh, we have had uh, a few injuries at the running back position. And my number one thing is uh, I want uh, a, a more solidified running back room so that as a fan, we kind of have a better idea of what type of game to expect because the number one guy right now has coming back from an absolute wicked bad combination of, of As the uh, injury, yeah. And so uh, having a more solidified running back room to kind of know what to expect and what to see Coming from Mile High Stadium, we've been, yeah, a long story tradition of really, really good running backs coming through Denver. I'd like to kind of see where we uh, where we land with the running game uh, so I know what to expect because uh, I'm a huge fan of the running back position despite that it's been devalued. Uh, that's a shout out to uh, a recent post that uh, Coach had. Uh, I thought you'd appreciate the uh, the softball throw over there. If you didn't say it, I was. I was saying, by the way, I did a video. <laughs> That's Check a it out. Man. The devaluement of the running back is a video on my channel posted already, ready to go for you. Check it out if you haven't. Like, comment, subscribe as always if you love the content. Fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do us for today's episode of the Wild Wild West podcast. Uh, if you are just joining us, uh, I should have mentioned this uh, throughout the show, but I did not. Uh, click those like buttons that you see below there. It helps us with the algorithm and gets more fans that are similarly similarly minded to all of us and love the game of football and each of our divisional teams. We really do appreciate it if you subscribe to each of our channels. Again, it does the same thing with the algorithm. and gets more people involved. If you would like to catch our shows and not miss an episode, there's a little bell icon on, you, on the YouTube side of things. And make sure you set those notifications to all. YouTube has messed with that recently, and it will only give you limited. You need to select all so you never miss an episode that we post on each of our channels. And ladies and gentlemen, where the west side is the best side. We will see what. Jack Kenna has a very, very true response. We did not rank the head coaches.
Whoa! Okay, we are gonna roll this back because that's kind of a big one. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought that that we you were waiting for that as the the uh you know the finale. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. Um, wow, I can't believe we missed that one. Uh, oh, I so thought I thought you were waiting for it to the end on that one. Do we have to argue who one is? I mean, I think we I think we all can agree that Andy Reid is one. Yeah, Andy Reid's one. Andy Reid's one. Now, would you where you go from there is your business. Like I I say Andy Reid one, Sean Payton two. I'm, I'm agree there. I agree there. Brandon Stelly three and 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 uh and uh Josh McDaniel four. That's my ranking. I agree on all those. There it is. Done. Freaking easy. Uh uh, maybe that's why we didn't do it. But, hey, at the end of the day, uh, I think it's important to get it out there and get it uh, on record. Uh, I agree as well. And I, I'm going to go on a limb and assume Alex agrees with that ranking as well. I'm sure he does. At least they Yeah, won. yeah, yeah. He's like, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, we'll be able to have some other great topics. And, guys, uh, go ahead and fire us out some uh, comments down below for other topics you'd like for us to cover on our teams. We will go right down into the weeds if you want us to go in that direction. Until next week, where the West Side is the best side. Peace. Yeah! Feel low, you can still go. Even when you feel slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man, I still go. Go, go.